Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan, and it's so great to be here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and with a very special guest today. Now, before I introduce this amazing woman, we're going to do what we always do. We're just going to take a few seconds to stop whatever we're doing. If you're comfortable, close your eyes. You can do this standing, seated, if you're lying down. If you're in a car, please keep your eyes open, hands on the wheel. (laughs) And let's just connect to our breath, just allowing the breath to be this beautiful guide to guide us back to this very precious moment, this precious moment within this body and this space that this body occupies. And then take that breath down into the heart and just feel the rise and the fall of your chest. And if you like, you can even place one hand upon your chest, feeling that connection between your palm and your breastbone and the breath and your heart. And as we breathe into our heart, let's just pose this question, what does love mean to me? What does love mean to me? And how would my life be different if I led from love, if I let love lead my thoughts, my actions. And so take another deep breath in and out, and then we'll gently make our way back so that we can bring onto the show this amazing woman, Jean Mazet. Now, Jean, I got to meet Jean Oh, back in May at uh, her festival in Maine, and she was one of the co-facilitators there. And the first time I met her, before words were even spoken, she was just singing me in to uh, the space. And she was just in, just infused with so much love and joy. And I felt myself just wrapped in that. And it was so precious in such a unique experience to immediately be in a space where I felt welcomed and loved and there was no judgment um, in that space whatsoever. And I had no, I didn't know anyone there. So we know when we first arrived to a space, we're always looking around, who's here? We immediately start judging, but she greeted with me with non-judgment so I could start to let my lens of judgment kind of not go all the way away because, you know, I, I struggle with this, but it, it enabled me to step into that space and feel held. So Jean's been teaching and exploring and innovating as a yoga teacher for over 40 years, and this has enabled her to be able to hold this amazing space for others. And she's often called the teacher's teacher because she is an expert in the subtleties of yoga practices and bringing these practices to life off the mat because that's the true yoga And she's successfully built numerous yoga and movement programs by creating effective curriculum, building her class numbers, and most importantly, fostering community. And her mission redefines real as she helps people remember who they really are and what they're really doing here. And I love this about her because she absolutely has this amazing sense of humor and commitment to non-judgment. 
and to provide that safe space for students to explore and break boundaries and release all of those thick and heavy layers of physical, emotional, and psychic weight. And she doesn't believe that one type of yoga fits all. It's really this, she has this vision behind her Sri Yoga retreats and teacher trainings and workshops that and embrace everyone and where they are. So everyone is welcome. And so I want to welcome Jean to the show. Thank you, Jean. Thank you for that amazing intro. Just welcome. It reminds me of when we were at her festival and I was singing, welcome. Anyway, it was pretty cool. It was so beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you for that remimery. Remimery? (laughs) Memory, yeah. (laughs) I can't remember the word, but there is a word that uh, means when you take a couple of different words and you combine them together so that then you can combine the meanings of them. And I think it's very effective, saves time. So you're saving time here. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. It's all about efficiency, <laughs> that efficient, effective thing, which is exactly what we're doing here today is figuring out how to be more effective, more efficient, more full in our life. And how do we can cut through some of the noise and some of the crap that keeps us in these little feedback loops where we just keep running these scenarios that keep us from thriving ultimately, right? Yeah. And, you know, our topic today is how to lead to the lens of love. And I have to say, like right before the show, someone triggered me and I felt this hot, hot anger come up. And I was like, rawr, 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 rawr. I had to go outside and take some deep breaths in the cool air. And then I was like, okay, let's get into your body. What are you judging? Like, why did this person, why did what this person say to you make you react this way? And why are you just being such a bitch right now? Like, really angry. It was so intense. So if you have that intense of emotion over one little thing, like, okay, (laughs) how do I, I was not leading from love there at all. Maybe you were, maybe you were. The fact that you went outside, took breaths, that was leading from love. You said you acknowledge your emotion. You know, you didn't say, oh, I'm not angry, because that that's just a lie. <laughs> so, Anyone could see it. That was well, well, you know, a lot of times people can see it and we're not allowing ourselves to see it. So mm. one of the first steps towards leading from love is self-love. And part of self-love is saying, where am I right now? And can I love myself no matter what? Mm. Even though I'm angry. So what can I do for myself and still love myself, even though I might be judging the fact that I'm angry right now? Because we hey. We're human. I'm thinking anger might be part of the toolbox and part of the color palette that we all we can go into, right? We have the option to enjoy anger. So you can go, so okay, I'm angry. What am I gonna do? Going outside, taking some deep breaths helps me. I'm gonna do that. That was leading from love. And then recognizing that you had a choice, that was leading from love. And recognizing your own anger and acknowledging yourself and doing the steps you needed to do was leading from love. And then asking yourself, going even to that precious question of like, what was I judging? That was leading from love. So I would give yourself big gold stars. Oh, yeah, I love gold stars. <laughs> as many as you want, because and I would highly suggest if anybody out there feels like they need more gold stars, buy a packet of gold stars. I'm not kidding. Buy some gold stars or whatever color stars or star what things you love. Get yourself a board and put it on the wall and just stick some stars on there. Because no one's going to do it for you. Just give yourself some stars whenever you need a star. Don't wait for someone to say, good job. Give yourself a good job. Give yourself a star up there. You're the star of your own life, right? 
Yeah. And I, I teach oftentimes to my clients, you have to celebrate all of your all of your wins. And but I love the idea and hadn't thought about this is to have the gold stars because it's a visual reminder of what you've done in I don't want to say right, but maybe right, or what you've done that has been that deserves some celebration and acknowledgement. And um, and so when we're talking about leading from love, you know, I had I was not feeling like I was leading from love at all, right? Before I come onto a show that's about leading from love, but with your perspective, I was offering myself love. And it's just also reflective of how that's something that I'm not great at acknowledging that when I'm doing it. And um, and it just would lead into the question, like, well, what type of love are we talking about when we're going to lead from love? Because. Yeah, that is the question. I mean, when I say, oh, looking, I look, I love the title. <clears throat> I love these titles that are created. Looking at life through the lens of love. Fantastic alliteration, by the way. So yay on that. And um, what is love? I mean, if I'm going to look through, through my life through the lens of love, what kind of love? What is love to me? So the, the first question, if a person wants to lead or look through life through that lens of love, what does love mean? And is that the lens I really want to be looking through my life with? Because to, if to me, love is romantic love, which is groovy. But do I want to fall in love with everything that I see? Do I want to literally be falling in love with my hairbrush? <laughs> take it out to lunch. I mean, maybe, but then there's hair in my food. I don't know. Maybe I'll get a free meal out of the deal. Who knows? But whatever you're going to do is like, do you want that to be that lens of love? Or maybe when growing up, your love scenario wasn't so functional or maybe it was functional. This word dysfunctional. I mean, we all functioned. So, but was it maybe not the most supportive love? Was it a very conditional love? What was love to you? So to decide what is what am I really talking about here when I'm talking about love? And we talk about this thing about, well, everything is love. Well, is it? I mean, I believe that it is. But do we really believe that everything is love? Do I believe my hairbrush is love? Do I believe my pencil's love? Do I believe the thing that I hate is love? Because if I can believe the thing that I hate is love, now I'm tapping into what I consider the love of loves which isn't even the picture of loves from the Hallmark shows. It's unconditional love. And what is unconditional love? Oh, you know, I have unconditional love for my children. I have unconditional love for my spouse I've, or my partner. I have unconditional love for my family. I just, I unconditionally love everything. I'm thinking, well, okay, that's groovy. And then do you really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've asked myself the same questions because if I can't, because what about that time you judge yourself for whatever, I mean, eating the whole pan of brownies, for example, that would be one of my specialties <laughs> back in the day. So, and I would judge the crap out of myself for things like that. And, or why didn't I get up early enough? And why did I do my practice? And why did I blah, blah, blah? Why? And then if I go, why did I dot, 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 you can bet there's a judgment there. Probably not a true inquiry of, of curiosity, but probably a judgment, especially with that tone. That would mean that would be me now not really loving myself in those moments because now I've made myself wrong for doing what I for what I could do in the moment was the best choice I had in the moment. Because if I could have made a better choice, I would have made a better choice. So getting back around is unconditional love. Do I love myself no matter what? And that means no matter what. And so, okay, 
this, I want to back this up just a little bit because what you just said might be really like make people really question the validity of it. Like, okay, if I could have been doing better in that moment, I would have, because then you have to look at all the other people that are pissing you off and be like, oh, because we were always like, they could have done better. They could have done better, or I could have done better. So how do we digest that? How do we like really get our heads wrapped around that? Okay. I am doing the best I can in this moment. And so is the other person that is really triggering me right now and making me go outside and have to take deep breaths <laughs> and collect myself and ask myself, well, why am I judging this person? Why am I judging myself? And Absolutely. The, I love, thanks for asking that. Um, I remember when I first heard this teaching from my huge spiritual teacher, Dennis Adams, and he would say, you know, it's like, if everything is perfect, it was one of the premises, one of the big teachings is everything is perfect because if you could have made a better decision, you would have. Because the idea is in the present moment when you're making the decision, when I'm making a decision, I'm doing the absolute best I can with everything that's come up to that unique moment in time. Then you go, oh, I could have had a V8 or whatever that scenario is, right? (laughs) That's really old, I know, but (laughs) okay, I'm kind of old. I'm kind of old, so whatever. But um, but you know, if you if you would have remembered it in the moment you were making the the decision, you would have. But you're one moment smarter when you go, I should have. So every time I go, I should have done that, it's because you're now you're five seconds smarter than you were when you made the decision. So that's why we can, first of all, keep changing our mind, which is the power of being human and being one of the amazing things that we have at our access to get us back into present moment and to get us back into that state of unconditional love is we can say, oh, I made that decision then. I learned from it five seconds later now. Okay, maybe that wasn't such a good idea then, even though that's the best I could do. So it doesn't, as far as how we spend our time, is it really useful to spend our time beating ourselves up for something we did five seconds ago? Or maybe we can just say, okay, well, interesting that I made that choice. Now I know that choice, how that turned out. Now I can make it again and again and again until I learn it, because I may not actually learn it that first time of realization that maybe it wasn't the best choice for me, quote unquote, in the thing. So I may need to know, I may need to repeat it a bunch of times before I really get it, which is okay. But the bottom line is if I can get off my own back about making choices, how I make them and what the results are, then maybe I can get off the backs. I can stop judging those around me and realize for them, they are making the best choice that they can make in any given moment in time. Seriously. Otherwise, they would be making a different choice. I mean, who gets up up in the morning and says, hey, I'm going to screw my life up royally today. Well, and if you did get up in the morning, and say, I'm going to do everything I can do to make the worst choices possible. Well, that my friend then is the best choice you can make because that's the one you're making. I told everyone before the show to grab a journal in the Facebook group. I said, I hope everyone has their journal right now and is writing everything down that Jean has to say, because, you know, then, you know, my mind immediately goes to like, oh, well, that leads me to believe that everyone is inherently good. Yes. If you want to use the word good, I don't like to use good or bad because that has lots of connotation for me. Yeah. And what I would a good word to be. What, what's a good word for that? 
I'm, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, I think people have to pick their own language ultimately. Yeah. You know, the word that works for me, that work that I was trained in is that everything's perfect. But that is also a trigger because people of perfectionism yeah. and some that can be a trigger until you reframe what the word perfect means. For me, if I say good and I use that word good out there, sure, I use it because I'm a human being and that's a language thing we have. But I check my my pictures at my own door, mm. realizing that when I'm implying good, I'm not implying a bad. Yeah. And it's so interesting because every word has uh, a deep meaning for every person in a different way. Like yeah. perfect is a little bit of a trigger to me because I always felt like I had to be perfect. Oops, stand up straight. You know, or you're going to, you know, my dad wanted to put a little board behind my back if I didn't stand up straight or I need to get straight A's and, and even the good, you know, what about the good girl mentality? Like, you know, I have to be a good girl. And so I love how you're always checking, like, is this word, how does it resonate with me? What does it mean for me? And how am I using it? Because I think there is that tendency just to ride the wave of whatever's popular and start throwing the words out there, but we have to check with ourselves and say, okay, how does this feel? for me? And is it really resonating in the way that I want it to resonate with me? Yeah. And that's how, what, that's one tool and technique we can use to really unwind and unravel some of that old patterning is to really be conscious and have conscious choice of language. And it can be tedious for sure. I'm not saying that it's this thing that we just, oh, I'm just going to be consciously looking at my words because now I'm looking at my words. I'm hearing myself. I'm hearing everybody else. I'm trying not to like Hey, that language is a bother. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to like <laughs> go in and try to correct everybody else's language because that's not my journey. <laughs> my journey is to find language that really reflects my present moment, not my past, not my fears, not my futures, but what do I really mean? And sometimes I don't even know what I really mean, which is why it's such a cool, it's such a cool thing to try. Yeah, I love that. Well, we're already coming up to our first break of the show. So I I know, I know, but we can get a lot in, in the next two segments, but if you're listening, you're listening to women thriving unapologetically and I'm Lindsay McCowan and we're here with Jean Mazze and we're talking about how to lead through the lens of love, which we're going to talk a little bit about the non-judgment some more when we come back. But during the break, why don't you go over and to my website, lindsaymccowan.com, so that you can sign up for my newsletter. Because if you do, then you're going to get email reminders of all the guests that are coming on the show, opportunities to work closely with me and the guests, because you'll also get information on every single guest and how to connect with them. And this is the way that we build community is through connections. So let's get connected and I'll see you back here in just a few moments. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams, exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, You awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. 
you become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. This is Lindsay McCowan, and I'm so delighted to be here with Jean Rose. And we're diving into how to look through the lens of love, what love actually really means to each and every one of us. And also, we've been touching on non-judgment. And we are not sorry about that. We are so unapologetically putting it out there. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jean, with this whole, how can we even tell when we're not judging? I mean, I I can tell when I'm judging because I do it a lot. And, you know, I can't, I'm not saying that because I'm proud of it. I'm just being completely honest that this is something I struggle with a lot. I tend to, I don't tend to lead with, beauty first or love first. I usually usually use the word beauty instead of love. And I really desire to lead with beauty. Um, but I'm always catching myself. Like I had, and that I believe it was probably part of just my conditioning, like to look at the worst case scenario first and, and judge it immediately. So how do we even know when we're not judging? Well, like we- I love what you just said on so many levels, um, to lead, that you like to lead with beauty instead of love and judging and figuring, you know, worst case scenario, all those tools are really important. So to get off our own backs when we do go to worst case scenarios, because those saved our lives at some level, we, whether they actually saved our lives or not, we perceived them as saving our lives at some level, probably really early on in childhood. So it's not a problem. It's not like a bad thing to look at a situation and run some scenarios and figure out what we're going to do about it, that those are survival techniques. And if we need them to survive, then we need them to survive. So there's nothing wrong with any of it, even judgment. You know, we need to take the judgment off of judgment eventually, (laughs) but it's a good thing when we start to see, oh, judgment might be running the show. Judgment might be driving the bus of me. And when I'm talking about judgment, I'm not talking about discerning. I'm not talking about saying, do I like this? Do I not like this? For example, like this is an example I, you know, shared with you the other day where I, when I'm going to be given an option of a dessert, chocolate versus vanilla, I will pick chocolate probably every time. Because I prefer chocolate. Just because I love chocolate doesn't mean I hate vanilla. And even if I hated vanilla, let's just say I love chocolate and hate vanilla. It doesn't mean that chocolate is right and vanilla is wrong. Because the person I'm out to dinner with may love vanilla. And for them, vanilla is, yeah, okay, perfect. We need to hang out more often. Boom, because then we'll have always enough dessert for everybody because we don't have to share. So... (laughs) That's a whole other episode, right? <laughs> so, but just because I love chocolate and chocolate is right for me doesn't make it right for everybody. 
So I've gone into preference when I say I love chocolate. I don't, and I can even say I hate vanilla and without making vanilla wrong. Because vanilla is right for somebody. You, for example, yay, rock on vanilla. <laughs> My, when we get into judgment, it's because we start to vilify some, some decision. We say, "My this like beauty is good, ugly is bad. If I want to look the, the li- my life through beauty, am I making ugly wrong? Because I don't know, I love modern art. And some of the things I love are this ugly beauty, this beautiful ugly. Some of the, some things that are, quote, ugly are so beautiful because of how they make me feel or that they make me feel or that they make me think or see the world in a different way. So if I... So what is this idea of love and beauty and what makes it right? And is love beautiful? I mean, everything is beautiful mm-hmm. in its own way. Anyway, so whatever. I know I'm a walking. Yeah, so through. is love always beautiful? I don't Yes, it is. But what is beauty? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the question. And is love is not a Hallmark card. Yes, it is. If it's everything. But if love is in everything, in the pencil, in the dirt, in the... It's in the ugly. It's in the ugly. So So how do I love everything? How do I see the beauty without making it be right and ugly wrong? So looking at beauty as everything, looking at beauty as love, how do I see everything as love? How do I see everything as beautiful? And that's where that non-judgment comes in. Because if I'm not making anything wrong... Now... Okay, mothers out there and parents out there, caregivers out there, when you have children, you will be teaching them right and wrong. This is what we do to survive on the planet. So it's okay. You're not doing anything wrong out there by by doing this right-wrong thing. But at some point, that right-wrong container, we don't need it the way we needed it when we were two. Yeah. And if we're still holding on to this container that worked for us when we were two years old, well, are we still two? I'm just asking. Did we grow out of twos? Are the terrible twos? I'm not sure. But if we're really stuck in right and wrong, we might be in those terrible twos. Because if I don't get my way, you know, I'm judging the crap out of something. Which or we're means, judging the crap out of someone else who are like, I don't think they've grown out of their terrible twos. Right. Well, there's that. Because, you know, I'm so elevated now since I'm four. <laughs> <laughs> I've had two whole years of more experience. Well, yeah. And you have. And then what do you do with your two full years of experience? And at some point, how many years of experience does it take to get to where e- each one of us wants to be? It takes as many as it takes. So to get off our judgment of how long it takes is another thing. So getting back to your question, Lindsay, about how do I know when I'm judging? Was the, What was the question? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, well, it was twofold, really, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm going to add, add something to that is how do we know when we're not judging, but then how do we stop judging? I mean, if that's the if that's the key to being able to look through the world through beauty and love, how do we know when we're not judging? And then how do we get to that point where we, what are the tools we can use to stop judging? Well, if I am judging, I'm probably not feeling very good about something. That is the, I think that's the biggest pointer in our life. If we want to know when am I judging, when do you feel icky? When do you feel like crap? And I'm not saying, when do I feel angry? When do, I mean, it might be that. When do I feel sad? It might be that. When do I feel disappointed? It might be that. Those all might be the case. But what's my relationship to those feelings I'm having? 
if I'm angry and I'm mad about that and I feel crap and I'm, and I'm judging myself for feeling angry, then I'm judging. If I'm judging dis- my disappointment as some hopeless scenario or I'm going into an oh, poor me scenario, then I'm judging. What am I judging in those scenarios? What's, what's causing that disappointment in me? If I'm blaming something, that's, I mean, blame is one of the low-hanging fruits of am I judging? If I'm blaming something, you know I'm judging it. If I'm blaming myself, I'm judging question, me. Like if I don't feel good, mm-hmm. like if I'm feeling some sort of discord in my body, just to pause and say, what am I judging? Like you shared this with me just the other day and I was like, oh, that's fascinating. I've never approached it from that way. What am I judging? Yeah. So if I'm feeling icky, I'm using icky because it sort of means nothing. Um, what am I judging? If I go to some of my places of uh, things that have really triggered me in the past, like abandonment or feeling less than or um, feeling unlovable or feeling ugly or whatever those things are. If I'm going to those places of my own personal darkness, for example, if those are those places, whatever, I'm just making places up. So they may not, they may not or may not be mine. It doesn't matter. If I'm feeling ashamed or embarrassed, you know, or, or I just want the world to go away, what am I judging? That would be one of the questions to ask. If we can get there, we may not be able to get there. In, because we might be too much in our stuff, but that would be one of those questions that would reveal so much. I feel like even just asking the question opens the door just a little bit, just a and, little bit. Uh, opening the door just a crack. All you need is a crack. All you need is just a little opening. I mean, if the door is sealed shut, there's no space, there's no air, there's no breath in there. But if we can open it just a crack, then we have space and room to possibly change the dynamic in ourselves, change the dynamic in the room, change our space. Judging what it does as um, it's uh, like my teacher, Dennis, would use this example of it puts a reduction valve on things. Like, for example, if I've got if you open up your head like the crown chakra from a yoga point of view, if I open up my crown chakra and let all the wisdom of the planet and the ethers and divinity come into me and all that stuff, all this, all the, the consciousness of all, right? Well, we are completely, it's there for us 24-7. All of it, all that we're seeking is here for us 24-7. Well, why don't we see it? Why don't we embody it? Why don't we experience it? Because of that reduction valve. And what makes that reduction valve tighter and tighter and tighter is judgment. So the more we're judging, the less we are open to, for example, thriving unapologetically. The the more our reduction valve is, is, the more we're judging and the tighter that valve is, the less of that um, wholeness, the less of that divinity. I'm trying to use bigger, those consciousness, the abundance, whatever big words you want to put out there for yourself, the less of that is getting through that pinhole. I mean, at least we have the pinhole. At least it's not sealed shut, right? That's that crack we were talking about. So we would, if we open up that crack, it lets more in. So as we keep asking that question, what am I judging? It opens that pinhole bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until you are just sitting in a vat of non-judgment. You're just sitting in this vat of perfection. You're just sitting in this vat of beauty. Like, oh my God, look at how, look at how amazing the world is. Because think about it. When we live, when we go through the world 
with the lens of judgment. Because I live in this gorgeous place. I moved to the, I moved, so I'm really close to nature and it is freaking beautiful every freaking day. Now I go out there and I talk, tell, tell myself this too, because I'm a human being and I have my days where I'm going, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> sometimes it's just, I go, am I just reminding myself what this feels like? And I go, yes, you are. How does it feel? I said, it feels pretty crappy. Do we want to do this more? I saw, I don't think we want to do this as much. So <laughs> I go out into nature or just outside. And I go, this is beautiful. And then I, so I remind myself, it's beautiful no matter what I'm feeling. So mm. if I'm feeling, if I go out the next day and I say, oh yeah, this is just a mama, this, this area looks, you know, if I start to judge it and start to make things like not as beautiful as it was the day before, well, let me tell you, the world hasn't changed all that much overnight. It's just being the world, right? It's my lens that's making it ugly. It's my lens that's not seeing how gorgeous it is. It's my lens that's filtering my experience of what is always here. And that's what judgment does, is it filters our lens to a point of like, we're just not seeing this humongously amazing miracle that is life 24 seven. I mean, it's what it is, 24 freaking seven a miracle. And if we're not getting that, we're judging something. Wow. That is incredible because it's like, it's beautiful no matter what. It's always beautiful. It is always beautiful. And it's only not beautiful when we have that lens of judgment clouding our perspective. Yeah. So we just have to ask ourselves, what am I what judging? judging? Or to see if we can get one layer of that judgment off and then ask it again and maybe another layer will come off and then another and another until we could actually see the beauty and the miracle of life again and then until something triggers us or activates a memory deep into in, in the memory of our bodies and then we do it again and again until I'm assuming I'm hoping that it becomes our default and not to judge those moments where we have another when we go Oh, wow. Look what I'm judging. At some point, we're going to say, bring it on. Show me what I'm judging. I want to know because whether or not I'm conscious of my judgments in there, I'm judging. So to actually shine light on that and to have my life say, hey, what about this? And nudge me or to trigger me, they become actual gifts. And I'm not just saying this, those are the gift of the process. I'm not saying that in this like sort of new agey, like just deal with your shit way. It's like, it's really, they really do become gifts to say, wow, okay, that's in there. Good thing that I know that because now I, because now I'm aware, now I'm aware. I can't unknow it. So what can I do? I can choose to either keep seeing it through that way, or I can, I have now an, another opportunity to open my lens even bigger to even more. Nice. And, you know, it's like for the example of this morning, it's like, okay, I was judging this person. And I think because I was taking something personally and I've heard you say before, you know, stop taking things personally. So we're getting ready to go to another break. I, we, I know we can't dive into this in the short amount of time that we have before break, but I would like to bring this back. Like, how do we stop taking things so personally? Um, because it's my life. How can I not take it personally? 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a big one. I mean, we can talk about, we have two minutes to break. So if we want to like crack it open now and then finish it when we come oh. back, can, can Jean do it in two minutes? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I just, if I can, great. If I can't, don't take okay, it personally. Let's, let's give it a try. I mean, the question of don't, first of all, life is just so not really a, it's really, it is personal. It's our own unique personal experience. So in that way, we are taking it, quote, personally, unquote. But I'm not going to take it personally from my personality point of view. I could take it personally from my unique aspect of my essence point of view, that part of me that's not judgmental. Then nothing's personal. But everything's personal because I'm everything. So this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, isn't it? And that's how it plays. But for me to like say... If, if you did something right now or said something to me and I took it personally and started judging myself, we probably don't really have time to go into this right now, but because mm. we're going to break, but I'm trying to think, how can I say it in a minute? You can just start and then we can pick it up after break. Just keep Okay. Going. So how do I not take things personally? Why? First of all, my experience of what, what, what someone says to me is so not about me. If somebody wants to judge me, they're going to find a way to judge me no matter what I do. So I cannot do anything right or wrong. I cannot change my behavior to make somebody love me. I can't change my behavior to make somebody not judge me. I can't change my behavior to be what someone wants me to be. Because if they want me to be that person, I will be that person no matter what. And if they don't want me to be that person, I'm not going to be that person no matter how good I am. Let's leave it at that for right now and come back. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone can scratch their heads over that as we go to break. But do come back. We're here with Jean Mazze talking about (laughs) so many different things. And if you didn't already grab your journal, get it so you can start taking some notes. And definitely jump over to our Women Thriving Unapologetically Facebook group because after our live show ends, we hang out in the group where you can ask questions and interact with both me and Jean and really dive in deeper. I don't know how long we'll hang out there, but we'll be there definitely after the show. So that's Women Thriving Unapologetically Facebook group. And we'll be right back after this short break. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm Lindsay McCowan, and we're here today with Jean Mazet, and we ended the last segment talking about how not to take things so personally, and we did not have enough time to finish that off. So let's go ahead and dive back in, Jean. So where did we leave off? Let's see. Uh, Somebody hurt my feelings. Oh, bummer. And you know what? It was on me. They didn't hurt my feelings at all. I let my feelings get hurt. That sounds so therapy-like, doesn't it? But <laughs> it does. <laughs> and, and, it, and it doesn't really mean it's frustrating much. to hear. I know. And on one hand, it makes sense. On the other hand, until you've really embodied it and have run it through your own personal, a person's own personal experience, it doesn't mean much, I don't think. So let's say somebody hurts my feelings and I say, they hurt my feelings or I'm disappointed or whatever that happened, whatever happened. So now the fact that I'm now upset and now it's somebody's action has ruined my day or ruined my life. If I'm too, you've ruined my life. I'm not, I don't think I would actually use that sentence as two, but maybe as 12. Many people say that. Yeah. yeah, When I'm age 12 or nine, I probably have, or 16 even, but (laughs) 28 or 28, or maybe anyway, (laughs) going on. Um, but if, if someone's quote hurt, if I perceive someone is hurting my feelings and I take that on and now my day is what went from great to crappy, that's really on me because what I did, that person's behavior or a scenario, like I didn't get the job I wanted, or that person didn't love me the way I wanted them to love me. All of that stuff is my expectation, my thought that I should have something, my picture that was now smashed to smithereens, the way I thought my day was going to go. I took all of that personally. Like I made it about me. I made it like, why didn't I get it? Why did they treat me that way? Why blah and all that ideas as if the whole universe is worried about me. I'm a peon. All right. I'm a speck. You pull out from the earth. You can't even see me. I mean, I am like a speckity speck, speck, speck. <laughs> and that's a really small speck. <laughs> it's a very small speck. And so to think that everything is out to get me makes me very, very important, which can really, and that's that we're going to that greater than or less than thing. So how does this get back to how am I taking it personally? If somebody's going to derail my day, and I make it about me. And so now I'm going to blame them and then take it on and then decide that what they said about me might be right or not right. Now I'm going to make it into a judgment thing. And now I have to filter and process all that stuff through my personal body, my personal experience. I've taken it personally. Now I can let somebody say whatever they want to say about me or me get the job or not get the job or me be loved by that person or not be loved by that person. And it doesn't hurt me to that level where my day is derailed. I'm not saying I'm not going to feel things. Okay. So it's okay to feel the disappointment and just, and recognize that you're disappointed. Just don't let it completely derail and kind of um, paint all the other experiences that you're having in your day. Is that what I'm hearing? 
Yes. And don't make it so much about you. Like, don't make it about me. Like what they said, it's really about them needing to say it. Yeah, I thought it was the movie of me. It is the movie of you. <laughs> but they're just an actor in your movie. <laughs> and I, thought, I was, thought I was the only one. Like and the... Well, you're in the only one. You are the movie of you, Lindsay. You're, know, you're the star in your own. But also, I'm the star in my own movie, and that person's star in their own movie. And to realize that when someone is saying or doing something, it's really not necessarily about me. It's about what they want from me. And it's not my job to deliver what they want from me. And let's repeat that. So it's not about me. It's about what they want from me, I mm. think is an important distinguish. Yeah. Um, and if I've taken it personally, then I've made it about me and my behavior. And then I start thinking, what could I have done differently? And now I'm off to the races on something that really isn't mine to process. Unless I make it mine. Because these can be reflections about maybe, oh, maybe I could have made a different choice there. So I'm not saying ignore the comments. I'm not saying tune out and isolate from what people are saying to you or about you, but don't make it be the only voice about you. Just consider it and then let it go. And if it's bugging you, you've either taken it personally, or maybe there's something really true there and that maybe it's time to go look in and say, what am I judging? And take it not like that person, I'm judging that person, but what am I judging in me? What can I clean up in my own being? I feel like there's a lot of cleaning up. And even with all of, you know, nearly two decades of this deep inner work, I'm always cleaning stuff up and, and always will be. But sometimes I get frustrated and judge that, oh, here I am again, cleaning this mess up, which looks like the same mess. But, but it isn't mm -hmm. because you are... X number of moments smarter. And even if you don't see yourself in that way, you are. And even if you've done the scenario countless times, it's still different. It's, I mean, it may look the same in the big fat crayon way, but when you start to get into it, it's slightly different. So one of the things that we can do to self-love is to say, how did I do it differently? I must have done something just even a little bit different. And that would be one of our gold star moments. Because even if it didn't turn out better, at least we tried something different. Because different doesn't necessarily mean better. It means I'm just moving to something that didn't, what I did before didn't work. So let me at least alter my recipe even a little bit. Hmm. And give myself a gold star for altering my recipe. Because that takes courage. And we don't need to apologize for those moments of trying it differently. I love we that. We don't need to apologize for those moments that we try things differently. I feel like I'm trying things differently all the time and then judging whether they work or they don't work, which doesn't lead to, you know, I'm, I'm with this conversation that we're having around love and non-judgment and not taking things personally, it really does feel like a recipe for thriving. So what does thriving mean to you, Jean? Oh, well, thanks for asking. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, getting back, before I answer that question, you know, to look at the world through the lens of love is really, in a way, to look at it as one big experiment. Um, and 
as if you were a scientist, and this is uh, this is a program that I ran years ago, and I may bring it back, but there are recordings of this called the Love Lab, where we took unconditional love and unpacked it over 10 sessions. And the idea was, we're going to look at it, we're going to put this idea of unconditional love and put it in the laboratory. So let's look at it like scientists. So we're not looking for the right answer. We're not looking for a particular picture. We're going into the lab to experiment with with variables to see what comes out. So as I quote, do things differently, which leads me to thriving unapologetically here, is if I allow myself to live my life as that scientist and just try ingredients and try different things without thinking this has got, is this the right choice? We don't know. And it might be the right choice then and not now, or maybe it'll be the right choice in the future, but not in this moment. We don't know what the right choice is. The right choice is the choice you're making, really. It's the best choice you have. Now, could there be other choices? Yes. Do we want to experiment with with other choices? Yes. Hence, we put it in the lab. But instead of judging ourselves and and putting already that reduction valve on ourselves and cutting ourselves off from more choices, give ourselves permission to make a mess. Give ourselves permission to shake it up. Give ourselves permission to say, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm okay with not knowing because if I can sit in that not knowing and be more comfortable than I am today, awesome. Yeah. So for me to thrive unapologetically, one of the things that means for me is that I don't have to be ashamed or sorry for me trying things differently. I don't have to be ashamed for me getting honest and saying, you know, I don't know. Maybe this is not in my wheelhouse right now. Maybe I don't even care. Maybe it's something I don't really want to get good at. For me to thrive unapologetically, it would, it would be like, I can be who I am in any moment because I'm experimenting with that because I don't really know who I am fully until I allow myself to experience more of me. And I won't know that until I take, give myself permission to dive in to those areas of myself that I haven't even tried yet. Now, yeah. does this doesn't mean I'm going to start wearing Paisley tomorrow. You know, I might, <laughs> but it's not, it's, it's about really saying, taking the pressure off of us to be so perfect and quote, good. And to know that we're all just a mess and it's a beautiful mess and I'm okay with my mess and I'm okay with my not knowing and I'm okay with loving myself and I'm okay with loving all of it. Let it be messy. Let it be messy and let that mess be lovely. Lovely mess. And that could be the lens of love because if I'm not judging the mess, I have I have, I have, now I have space to learn, to grow, to understand, to discern, Mm -hmm. to be in the mess, but I don't have to define myself by the mess. Mm. What a beautiful way to wrap up because we're coming to the end of the show. And I really want people to know how to be in a space with you where they can discern and grow and learn and just be in the mess of all of it. And I know you have so many things that you offer, but one thing that I love is your subscription series where everyone gets a weekly update from you that where you have a meditation, a message, as well as an asana practice. And you're just dropping all of these really amazing truth bombs and inquiries. So where can we find you, Jean? 
you can find me everywhere because I'm everything just like you are. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you can go to my website, which would be jeanmazay.com. And if that's too hard to spell, yeah, my other website, it's the same website, points to the same thing, flyingvenus with a V.com. And <laughs> thanks for making that distinguish. Well, you know, there is the question every now and then. Um, <laughs> uh, and you can go to my Consciousness for Life subscription series and read all about it. And I bet it starts at $5 a month and goes up to $20 a month. I want to make it accessible. It's amazing. I'm so glad you loved it. And I want to give a shout out to all my subscribers and the people that have taken classes with me and all my friends that are listening today because some of you have been texting me through the show and I want to say thanks for coming Yay. and thanks for being here with me and sharing this space with me. It's so important to me, this community, what we do here. I, I am just in so in love with the fact that we have moments and we have the technology to to share this space together and really feel ourselves as wholeness and, and joining and being, we're not alone. Yeah. We're not alone and we don't have to be alone. So definitely reach out to Jean and become a part of her community because she is really amazing. And I, I just really love to learn from her and I can't wait to learn even more. So you can go to jeanmazay.com or flying Venus dot com and uh jump into her subscription series which is consciousness for all also email me anytime too i'm open yeah. join the thing i'll get your email i'm accessible yes i love that you are absolutely accessible that is not just something that she's saying she totally is and so my friends that is the end of this show but if you want to listen more just jump over to women thriving unapologetically facebook group where we're going to carry on this conversation with jean mazay and until next time, thrive unapologetically. Just tap into what that feels for you. Practice the non-judgment through the lens of love. And then we will be back here next week on October 6th for another show of Women Thriving Unapologetically on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 a.m. Pacific. And we'll see you there. Much love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.